Ooh, what's up, everybody? This is Carson, one of your hosts for the Benchwarmers and Waterboys podcast. We got Daniel, John, and Charlie. How's everybody doing? Good, honestly. I mean, we had a wedding this past weekend, so that was tight. Uh, got yeah. the sister-in-law married off, so all good to go. Okay, let's go. Let's go. I had a wedding, too. Uh, it yeah, was pretty fun. Class of, clash of cultures. It was actually pretty cool. Pretty fun to see everything. Um, Charlie, how is your uh, shoulder doing? My shoulder? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Carson. I think we had Snapchat, <laughs> but we were like on like the fourteenth tee. We decided to light oh, up some yeah. cigars. It was right after the fourteenth tee. Oh yeah, it was right after fourteenth. Carson blew up. <laughs> he was yeah, so I did mad. so bad on the fourteenth tee. He triple bogey before he even got to the. Hole. Oh, dude, it was the one. It was the one hole that I just completely was so yeah. bad at. Like you I just couldn't. Gave him a triple. I was on the wrong side of the cart path. Like I couldn't hit it straight. <laughs> it was just a nightmare. Dude, it was so funny because like I drove mine pretty far further than him and i look back and i'm back and he's just in the tree slamming his glove on the ground so and like bad. i hit mine again i look back he's still in the trees trying to get out oh i got not, so mad i literally good. stomped my foot like a child <laughs> <laughs> yeah but so then after that hole we decided to light up some cigars carson needed a little break and a little buzz get going and so uh we light up and it was so windy he tried to like block the wind and he got behind me to block the wind and his was already lit, and he put it on my shoulder, and I just felt like this – like, it burned. But I didn't really re- react. And I looked back, and there was a hole in my shirt. And it was, it was pretty so, funny. Okay, he didn't even react, though. And yeah. then after a second, he was like, well, that was hot. <laughs> I was like, this dude's a champ. How does he have no idea that I freaking just burned the heck out of his shoulder? I literally just put my cigar Yeah, I was kind of hoping there would have been, like, a mark so I could go home and, like, show it off that, like, a yeah. Charlie just has a hole through his shoulder. Yeah. It's my golfing shirt from now on. I guess. Oh my goodness, I felt so bad. Honestly, I'll buy you a new, a new shirt if no, I need to. No, that was to. like five bucks from Academy. <laughs> hey, that sounds right, like well, you owe uh, five bucks. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, he, I mean, he stole my pride from me on that hole. Hole fourteen was enough. All right, guys, we're gonna move on. So uh, Cam Newton got signed to the New England Patriots. It's a pretty team-friendly deal. This is kind of a bombshell. I was expecting this earlier, um, and the mm-hmm. fact that they rode with Jared Stidham for so long was kind of crazy yeah. to me. But uh, not a big surprise at all. What do y'all think about this move? Well, me and John uh, talked about it a little bit earlier yeah. this week when it kind of happened. And he was kind of thinking, like, he thinks Cam will do good there. Um, and I think the Cam won't be the problem. I don't think, like, he's going to stink because of him. I just think the weapons around him, I don't think that it'll be anything special. Um, See, I've, I've thought about that more, though. So I think it might actually be the Lamar effect that uh, Carson rides on for, for how he can run, and it gets the wide receivers open. Um, so he's not standing in the pocket, and they have to collapse around him, so then you're throwing to open receivers. So I think Cam may actually open up his receivers, so he doesn't need cream of the crop. I mean, he's got Edelman, who's good, Sanu, Nikhil Harry. So, like, they're not cream of the crop, but, like, Mm-hmm. If they're open, they can catch. So I think if he rolls out of the pocket and people start to collapse on him because he is a mobile quarterback, whether or not he's injured or not, he's always been mobile. So I think yeah. he rolls a little bit, gets them a little bit more open, gets them a little bit more time. I don't know. I think he'll thrive. I think they'll think of a way to use him. I mean, Tom yeah. never had weapons. They're not the same person. But, I mean, I don't know. I think Cam will be elite. I yeah, think I mean, he'll Tom be Tom struggled with the same cast last year. So I don't know if – Right, especially Jones. late in the year, he really showed yeah, that. Uh, their offense. But Tom may be dropping over the hill too. At, yeah, we'll see. After the Super Bowl, we'll see. Peyton Manning we'll see showed us that whenever you fall off, you fall off really hard. 
And I don't know if Tom Brady had that kind of a fall off. I, I don't know what was going on. Maybe he did, and we just didn't really recognize it right away. But we're going to find out here pretty soon. Um, I, a couple of little stats I'll throw at you all real quick uh, before we move on to the next question is Cam Newton, whenever he plays all 16 games, is a top five fantasy quarterback. So that's something we're thinking of. Um, obviously, Bill Belichick is a good enough coach to get uh, Cam Newton to thrive in whatever system that they come up with. Um, so I think that if Cam Newton plays the majority of the season, he could be pretty good. But I'm also worried because he hasn't been healthy in a long time. He's also, as a mobile quarterback, usually around 29 to 31 is when quarterbacks aren't really able to use their legs as, as much as they were when they were younger. And Cam, I think, is 31 years old. And so uh, we'll see what happens. He's kind well, of, and I mean, Cam is different than Lamar. I think Cam is more of like a run you over type mm-hmm. yeah, quarterback, right. and Lamar is make you miss. So I don't know, but I. So if you look at Cam's stats, though, for, so we'll just take throwing. He's never, except for this last year, which he was injured, only played two games. He's never dropped under thirty-one hundred yards. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, three thousand is not hard to hit in the NFL nowadays, though. I know, but I still consistently though. Mm-hmm. He's never dropped under it. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of potential. Um, I think that his ceiling is super high, but I think that his floor is also very low. Um, let's move on to the next question, then, and then we'll just make this really quick. We don't want to dive too far into this, but um, who do you think wins more games, the Buccaneers or the Patriots? Oh, Bucks! Bucks win more. That's a close one because the Bucks division is a lot harder than the mm-hmm. Patriots. Yeah. Um, Patriots get to play the Jets twice. Their toughest competition is the Bills. Mm-hmm. And the Bills are a team, like, they can be pretty inconsistent still with just Josh Allen being a young quarterback. Um, yep. They have a lot of different moving pieces on the offensive side this year. Um, the jo- or Who else is in the AFC East? Bills, Patriots, Jets, and Dolphins. So, I'm yeah. going to say Patriots. I think uh, – I think I mean I think it could honestly go either way. The Patriots have a stellar defense, probably a little bit better than the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, probably definitely way better than the Bucks. Way better. Um, than the Bucks. But, but I, I I went through the schedules and I said that the Bucks could win probably around ten to eleven games, and then I said the Pats could win about nine to ten games. So I have them pretty close. The Pats' schedule is way harder, and the Bucks the first half of their season is cake. I mean, they play maybe one good team, maybe two in the first like nine weeks, and then it starts to get a little bit tougher. Um, but this is the best offense Tom Brady's ever had in his entire career. Now we're going to see if his arm is up to the challenge, but, uh, I mean, he's never had guys like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, mm-hmm. and then now you throw in a fun little rookie in Keyshawn Vaughn, a guy who should be quick out of the backfield. Um, and then you have the offensive mind of Bruce Arians. I think it could be interesting. So I think, I think, yeah, it's I think be with really the Bucks, close. it's not an offensive problem. It's defense. And the fact that they're going to have to go toe to toe with sure. the saints, mm-hmm. the Falcons, that's yeah, four games. Totally. I, don't know. I think I think they can shoot out though. I think that's where the offense though, their totally. defense isn't a worry. I think because it's going to go to whoever scores more. I think that actually. Well, I think the favor. Saints have the edge because they can do the scoring, but they have a much better defense than the yeah. Buccaneers. What right, makes well, me worried though is that just real quick that kind of fall off from Tom last year at the end mm-hmm. of the year. Like he started mm-hmm. fairly well, so but then towards the end he did taper off. So this year he gets to kind yeah. of an easy schedule to start, but then things get tougher. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that he's going to be able to keep them in games, even yeah. though they have that talented offense. So mm-hmm. I think I would still say they'll probably get the better record than the Patriots because yeah. of scheduling. But I don't would know. Would you that have preferred them to get the much. hard schedule early then? No. No, because then I think, I think they would just not be able to build yeah. up any kind of momentum. And yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Well, let's move on. I'm going to ask a question. It's not on the show doc, but I, so so because of that, for time's sake, just give me one sentence response to this question. You ready? 
Matt Ryan told Barstool Sports that he's the best quarterback in his division. What do you think of that? (laughs) (laughs) Daniel's obviously laughing at that. John, too. You got Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Teddy Bridgewater in the division. So not really worried about Teddy, but okay. (laughs) But, I mean, what do you want him to say? I'm the third yeah, best very, in my division. That's fair. I think you got to be confident in yourself. I understand him going in and saying that, and I think they're all very good. I don't know. I think, I think it's I think interesting. I think it'll become down between Drew and and Tom. I think Drew won't fall off as hard. If there is a fall off, I think Drew won't fall off as hard. Yeah. yeah. All righty. Well, we're gonna move on. So uh, we've kind of gotten through the intros. So for the rest of the show, guys, we've got a treat for you. We've got my GM. Probably one of the last ones we're gonna do. John's gonna wrap us up with the Steelers. We've got a couple. Would you rather? We've got some fantasy football. We've got a value check. That's new. Stay tuned for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Keep trade cut, potential sleepers, running back edition. And then we're going to have a fun little draft that we'll reveal at the end. So, John, kick us off with uh, your GM, your stance on the Steelers. All right. Um, So, I think I'm going to start off with uh, two of the big – it's something that I've been asking everyone about and talking about. It's kind of – it's been weighing on my mind. Um, Juju and James Conner, I think it's a a big year for both of them. I think they're both coming up on contract years. They both have to show out. They're both willing to leave. I was just reading up on how the Steelers are actually probably going to let James Conner walk, mm-hmm. um, which is sad to me and sad to him. Um, I know how much the city means to him, but I think I, if you look at his numbers, he put up monster numbers. Uh, what was it, 2018? Right after Le'Veon, when he was sitting out, it was unreal. He put up better numbers than Le'Veon did, and so I think there's potential there, and I see it. He, I mean, he had almost 1,000 yards. He had 12 touchdowns. And then Juju also, 2018, if you look back, he had 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. I think both of them have this monster potential, but both of them are also injured, and I think it was even harder for James. Um, his injuries weren't as bad as Juju's, but because so much relied on him last year, I, I mean, he's taken a pounding play after play, and he, he just can't take that on an injury, especially as a running back. So I think um, – I mean, especially if they both want to get paid, they have to both show out. I think Juju, especially if he wants to be brought back, and I think the Steelers are going to bring him back if he can show that he can be a number one quarterback. Juju, he just hasn't shown he can be a number one quarterback without a or a number one wide receiver. Um, so we'll see. I think he has potential. I, I don't know. I think it hugely depends on them. I think it will help, obviously, with Ben back. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben's a lot better than anything we had last year throwing to oh, yeah. Juju. And that also opens up our passing game, giving it to James Conner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the wet paper back would have been better than anybody that was behind center. <laughs> Honestly, could have one of those uh, dummies from practice throwing the ball. <laughs> yeah, the remote controls. Should have put Mike Tomlin up there. Oh, man. <laughs> I would love to see that. Good. Yeah, honestly. Oh, my gosh, dude. He'd trip someone. Just like when he stuck <laughs> his leg out to trip the guy. Uh, oh, the trying field. to sack him. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. So we'll see. I think those are the two big, biggest things just kind of weighing on my mind. Just to mm-hmm. hope in. I mean, I, I want them both to do well. I, I love them both. It's just we'll see how they do. Um, I'd love to see James Conner back, even if he takes a pay cut. And I think that's something me and Carson have talked about is – yeah. Uh, if he comes back, I think he'll just have to understand that he can take a pay cut uh, unless he just puts up the same numbers he did two years ago, which, well, I mean, I don't technically know. he wouldn't be taking a pay cut because he was like a fourth round draft pick and he's like pretty dirt cheap right now. But in yeah. comparison to what like number one running backs are getting in the league now, I think right. he is able to recognize that he is not going to get these exorbitant numbers like Christian McCaffrey numbers. Or, or even that Dalvin is going to get because Dalvin said he'd be willing to settle for like number four or five overall money at four or at 
13 yeah. million a year. Um, I think James Conner is the kind of guy that realizes that outside of the Steelers organization, he probably doesn't have a starting job. Um, and so I think that he might be willing to take super low money, uh, a really team friendly deal. So that way he can play more and prove that he is uh, a starting quality athlete, because I don't, I think that if he doesn't stick around with the, the Steelers, number one, he's not going to get as much money. He'd go uh, to a and, timeshare place if anything. Yeah. And he would be in a timeshare and he wouldn't be the starting guy. So I think those are good points. I think that they might be able to keep him around uh, if he's able to stay healthy and he can prove that he can stay healthy, they might keep him around on a team friendly deal. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, so the defense, all right, I think that's one of the few things that I honestly don't really have to touch up on. The interesting thing, I was reading up on this. So in our division now, we've got three Heisman winners as quarterbacks, <laughs> um, plus a bonus one in RG3 sitting in the Ravens. That's right. Uh, plus Mark Ingram sitting on the Ravens. So mm-hmm. we're in kind of – and then we've got Big Ben, who's he looks homeless, um, or he used to. So that was a great picture of comparing all the Heisman winners and him. Um, <laughs> but we actually play better against Heisman winners. So we sacked Heinzman winners last year. We sacked them 10.9% of the time as compared to 8.4% of the time against uh, non-Heisman winners. We, <laughs> That's the key. Dude, we, <laughs> play, we honestly the play. They the... had six touchdowns to eight interceptions against us, while others had 17 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. So, I mean, we're playing lock against these Heisman winners. So whatever our defense was doing – there's honestly an interesting pick. Uh, if you're watching our draft, we picked up Alex Highsmith, who's from a D3 school. They just want to kind of make him a weapon out of the middle. Um, right now he's lining up at an inside linebacker, and so it's, it'll be kind of interesting to see um, where they kind of play and what they teach him to do. I don't know. I, I was interested and in, in kind of surprised when we picked him, but uh, we'll see. Something I wanted to, to kind of think about, is picking up J.J. Watt to complete the trio. But his contract is so big, and we have no cap space. Actually, not We wouldn't be able to take him. So that's well, – The mean, Texans the only... will give it to you for, like, a, a, chips, a sandwich. Old washing yeah. machine. <laughs> Semi-pro, yeah. We need so, a new copier. Okay, so J.J. Uh, Watt originally signed – He originally signed a six-year deal that was worth somewhere between 108 and 113 million. His contract million. is massive. And then he took a pay cut so that way we could sign Brock Osweiler. That worked out well for him. And then he, he dropped all the way down to, like, under $100 million. Uh, so he was at around 197 to 93, somewhere in what there. A bargain. And he's in his last year or two of his contract. So, um, honestly, would the Texans trade him? Would they trade him? Maybe. Should they trade him? Absolutely know. not, because he is literally the face of the entire city of Houston. Yeah. And I think the city would burn. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Bill O'Brien is an idiot. I wouldn't heard it here either, first, folks. But I think Breaking I think news. it'd be incredible. But I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> no, um, it's not gonna happen. Plus, we have TJ. So then that takes us to the cap space. I think this year we've got to kind of figure out our our wide receiver situation because we've got Juju and Deontay. Um, and then we've got James Washington, who's, who's shown flashes last year. Uh, but, I mean, the he year before a lot that, of balls. everything was going through his hands. He can't catch, yeah. I swear. But um, he can jump over anyone. Yeah, I, he's this mega athlete that's got bricks for hands. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how he goes. Chase Claypool was getting – I'm on the Chase Claypool. I'm super excited for him. He got comparisons with Calvin Johnson from his height and speed. At, um, <laughs> whoa, see about that, dude. I I don't know. I don't think it will, but I think he'll be good. Uh, a lot of we'll people see. were thinking about moving him to tight end, and so I don't I don't know about that. But because of size, yeah, and I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, size, I like, and I don't know if he was that fast. 
I don't think he, he ran a sub four five, but I could he be did. wrong. It was like a four four four, I think. That'd be if that's the case. That's pretty impressive for a guy his size because I think he's like six six. Yeah, so he's massive. He's All right, a, so yeah. here's the kicker though, because of our no cap space and we need a good backup. I say we sign Blake Bortles. Yeah, I'm about it. Not bad. I kind of forgot about Bortles. Mm-hmm. Bortles mm-hmm. right now, he's unsigned. Last year, he went to the Rams willingly to be a backup. Right. And then you can't forget, it was a couple years ago, but he threw for 4,400 yards and 35 touchdowns on a yeah, crap Was that team. a 2017 with Allen Robinson? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, didn't they take down some he'd be, he'd 2017 he'd be like, for 3,600 and 21 touchdowns. He'd be a good backup. I think yeah, he'd be think an he'd be incredible backup. backup, and yeah. he's young too. And he's a, a similar style as as, as Big Ben. He's only yeah, so. he's, he's only twenty eight. He just signed a new quarterback coach. I think I don't know. I think it'd be huge. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. I don't think so we'll the portals is that bad. I mean, he's definitely not a starting quality, but in terms of backups, he yeah, I think he's, he's definitely above average, especially yep. compared to what they had last year. So <laughs> cool. I mean, yeah, I think that's it. I think this year is just going to be kind of an idle year mm-hmm. um, of just kind of seeing seeing what happens. I think if Big Ben is healthy, I think the Steelers have an opportunity to go all the way. They have an elite defense. They have some talented guys on offense. Um, I think that there are other teams that could definitely contend with them and beat them, and maybe that are even just better in general. But I don't know. Mike Tomlin is a is a good. He's a great coach, and uh, I think the Steelers are not a team to be taken lightly. So I'm really excited yeah, dude, to see them play. That's this like season. a sleeper team. Like if they mm-hmm. are healthy, they could come out and just completely yeah. destroy expectations for other teams. But yeah, I mean, last year they were concern. fighting to get a playoff spot, and they had garbage we, at quarterback. We so eight eight imagine last year, them with so. a quarterback that I mean, Big Ben and what was it, 2018 through for 5,000 yards. Yeah. You you get a you get Big Ben to throw you just 4,200 4, yards. Picks. Then <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter. Hey. Sh- Winston. Right. Well, we're going to move on. His arm's better now than ever. Let's move okay. on. We're going to we're going to jump into some would you rather questions. We got two for you this week. Number 1, would you rather considering you get to wear like all undergarments, okay? Including which basically just means underwear. Wear no pants in public or no shirt in public? No shirt in public. I don't know. This is a hard 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 one for me. I John I'm does go that no most pants. of the week. I live 90% of my week with no shirt I mean, I, have I, to go to work. I feel like no shirt you blend it. Like, you see people without shirts on. You don't see people without pants on. I mean, dude, like, have, you ever seen, have you ever seen a sorority girl walking around with, like, the extra large t-shirts and you can't dude, even I see what's, that. what she's that's wearing? That's a sorority girl. I'm <laughs> yeah, not a, a sorority girl. <laughs> yeah. You I can be a I, the, <laughs> sorority boy. Not you. Dude, <laughs> I'm the first. <laughs> make it, yeah, make it a trend, dude. I could totally see this being, like, a big thing in Portland, so I would go with the no pants. Like, I'm going to start this the, as a movement. Is there a little asterisk that says, like, a kilt counts? <sighs> I wish. I honestly... I want kilts to make a comeback. I would crush. They really kilt. should. I've worn a kilt before. It was a wonderful experience. I mean, it's very easy, but like, all right. Very ventilating. It's 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 wonderful. It's Playing quite soccer a in a kilt, it's actually great. Yeah, honestly, that was always <laughs> the range of motion. So, oh, so much. All righty, let's move on to the next one. Keep trade cut. Pizza, tacos, burgers. Oh. Charlie, go first. Shoot, dude. I can see the angst. Me? What do you? Yeah, you go first. Oh God, um, I'm going to. I think I'm going to trade burgers because I feel like everyone loves burgers, and you can get you, you love get a good burger a lot for a burger. There's so many different types of burgers out there. I feel like mm-hmm. I'll trade. I can't live without burgers, um, but pizza, man. Oof. After living I'm, in New I'm York, I'm starving right now. After living in New York, I'm going to keep pizza. And I'll mm. cut tacos. Like tacos, you can't really. You, there's so many different types of pizza and burgers. There's only 
I only could put so much stuff on a taco. So oh, you're you're taco. crazy right now. You're, Did we okay, not so just that's... eat tacos at Velvet Taco where I had like breakfast and like Dude, buffalo Velvet chicken? Taco. So Velvet Taco good. is good, but not if I'm sponsor. starving, I want hashtag not Huge thing of pizza with like a gallon of ranch. All right, hear this out. <laughs> yeah, hear this out. I, I think ranch. I figured mine out. I'm mm. cutting burgers, tr- trading tacos, and keeping pizza. Hmm. Interesting. Why? You can get more for burgers than you can tacos. Dude, I, everyone rides the taco hype train, which tacos are great, but I think they're I'm so overhyped you could train. trade them for so much. That's fair. That's that's actually pretty burgers. Hard, burgers and pizza, I feel like, are kind of interchangeable. Dude, burgers. That contract might be pretty. Oof, like, <sighs> yeah, it's expensive. You got a good one, but Daniel. What everyone do you think? likes burgers. I've, yeah, I've dude. Known people I'm, who I'm a pizza really guy. Like, guy. Like, much, I think I have but... pizza like three times a week. Like, no joke. Like, it's actually kind mm-hmm. of probably unhealthy. Like, that's probably the reason I'm probably. The oh size yeah. I am. So. Um, oh, you're telling me. Pizza's pizza sticking around. <laughs> telling me. And pizza's sticking. Around. I don't know that that John made a good argument about tacos. I mean, I love them, but they are kind of a simplistic food. You know, there's not as much variation with the hey, taco as compared bad. to a burger. No, but yeah, simple doesn't mean bad. So I don't know. I guess I guess I'm cutting tacos and I'll trade. Y'all are crazy. I'm, I'm keeping tacos. Like Charlie. <clears throat> I was I was weighing it earlier, but I was like, I gotta cut. I mean, I gotta keep tacos. And here's and here's why. Imagine There's your life without more... pizza. I would probably yeah, be a very skinny I, person. I, I can imagine <laughs> my life without tacos, but I can't I picture. Pizza. Listen, during like quarantine, pizza parties. There's no taco parties. The very beginning of quarantine, I probably went through about four to five pizzas a week for like two weeks, maybe three in a row. Okay, <laughs> I was crushing pizzas. Okay, and and here's the thing: after that second or third week, I got tired of it. I don't know if I've had pizza since. Okay, I still love it. But it's just something that you get tired of. You can't have that much variety. Okay. Is this a confession oh. or? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um, All right. I don't know if you Charlie, if you are convinced by the Taco hype, it's Taco Tuesdays, and most of the time on Taco Tuesdays, it, we've just kind of turned it into like Mexican food Tuesdays. No, so I know. it's got the title of Taco Tuesday, mm-hmm. but you could trade that for so much more. I just think burgers. There's just everyone loves burgers. That's a so I, I love burgers, different. and this is challenging because. I can I can throw so many different things on a burger. I can throw avocado. Yeah. I can throw egg. I can throw freaking pineapple. I mean, I also and this may be a hot take, but I absolutely love peanut butter on my burgers. Okay, that's kind of <laughs> I've crazy. Had a peanut Maybe that's why it's delicious. It's delicious. It's I love it, Is but it? I can't keep it. I'm keeping tacos because there's more variety in tacos. Breakfast tacos. You've got like, and then you got the weird like not really breakfast tacos, like a, the chicken and a waffle taco that I had at Velvet Taco. That was delicious. Hashtag not a sponsor. You have like buffalo chicken. There's like, there's uh, seafood tacos. There's just authentic Mexican tacos. And to be honest, I could eat Mexican food every day for the rest of my life. And so I can't turn my back on tacos, but I think I got to trade pizza because I think pizza has more value than burgers, even though I might like burgers more than pizza. I don't know. I freaking love all of it. I question all of your decision-making at this point. Yeah. It's fair. I respect that. All right. Well, we're, uh, we're going to move on to the next section. This is, this is going to be new and fun. This is called value check over fantasy football. Keep in mind, we do a 10 team PPR format. Um, and so basically what we're going to do right now is we're going to throw a couple names at you and we are going to compare what number they are going off the board of going, going off the board on respective to their position compared to how high we would take them. So for example, the first person is Dalvin cook. He is going right now, according to fantasy football uh, 101. I think it's their, um, uh, no, no, no. It's the fantasy football calculator. 
Mm -hmm. uh, they have Dalvin Cook going as the third running back off the board. I personally would take Dalvin Cook no higher than um, four or five, but that's only if he doesn't hold out. If he did hold out, the highest I think I would be able to take him would be 11 to 13. What do you all think? Um, who's It's Christian McCaffrey and then who? Uh, I think it's Chris, Saquon. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I like where he is at three. Like, I could even take him over Saquon, I think, just because hmm. he had an – like, the Vikings are a run-first team, and mm-hmm. they did – like, they had a whole – that's like Stefan Diggs is why he didn't really get along with Kirk Cousins and the coaching staff last year is because he wanted the ball more. What about the threat Vikings of the holdout? dedicated to run. They're going to feed him. They're going to utilize – now, with Diggs gone, he's going to be used even more in the passing game. He's going to get those receptions. Are you worried about um, the they're holdout? They're on the five-yard line. They're going to run that thing three times in a row, maybe four. Honestly, I'm not concerned about the holdout. I think they'll come to something. No, he'll come He'll come around. I think Vikings, they'll play. Vikings will play. And I, I like where he is at. I would even take him possibly at two. Okay, so the highest you would take him is two. Daniel, yeah. what's the highest you would take him at? I'm probably taking him at like four. I think okay. I'd still take Saquon over him. I think I'd take Kamara over him. I'd take Zeke uh, over I him, take- I think. Zeke, I think you can make an argument that to you. So I think four or five is a pretty fair evaluation. Mm-hmm. I mean, so yeah. I don't think this is too far off, but I don't know if that's where I'd take him. Yeah. You, so in ADP right now, I think the top six are uh, McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke, um, Dalvin Cook, and Derrick Henry. And then I think next would be Kamara. So those are like the top guys. I wouldn't um, take It's Zeke. kind of Dalvin and Derrick Henry are flip-flopped. So, mm-hmm. John, you never gave us your answer. What's the highest you would take, Dalvin? I think – with our PPR format, I would do – I like the three because I would go Christian first. Then I'd probably – honestly, with the PPR, i probably go Kamara. Hmm. And Over then Saquon. I would go Cook. So you would take Saquon then where? Four? Five? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Saquon and That's interesting. Zeke. Interesting. All right. Well, let's I move on to Saquon's the next guy. I think a lot of hype, to be honest. Yeah, but he's going to get all of the he carries. He also got injured last year. I know he came back like a freaking superhero. Well, even superhero, like with but... all, of his, all the carries, like they don't have the greatest offensive line. Um, yeah. I don't I just, know. But that I, hasn't I think stopped Saquon's him a lot of hype, and I think they're – No, it hasn't people... stopped him before, but they throw a lot more. In. I think – I don't know. I think PPR, the receptions for Kamara are huge. I think Saquon is still going to be a locked and loaded top 10 guy, probably top five. But let's move I on think to Melvin Saquon Gordon. Saquon and Dalvin are going to be very similar, and you can – Interchange those. I wouldn't be upset if you took Saquon we'll to Dalvin too. The good thing about it is that we'll have the opportunity to see how that turns out. Yep. All right. So ADP, uh, Melvin Gordon currently is going as the twelfth running back off the board. What do y'all think about that? I have him going. That's I don't think high. I would be able to take him higher than between twenty and twenty-three. Wait, um, that low? I think I would take him that I, low. Well, I'm just I have him about on Phillip my Lindsay. team, and based off of the news, he's the uh, John Well Elway came out and said he's going to be our number one guy mm-hmm. and then the other two running backs they have are going to be third down backs primarily yeah. um and he did with how bad the chargers offensive line was over the years that he was there he put up pretty good numbers and um now that he's going to denver um i think his numbers in the run game will just improve and but are they gonna throw too much to i don't think so i think they're gonna be pretty similar with a young quarterback they're gonna try establishing the run game to do play action to get um some easier throws for him Mm-hmm. Um, and with Pat Shermer's scheme, he was a Vikings former um, offensive coordinator. It's a zone running scheme. Um, and apparently that's the one he had in Wisconsin. And so I think he'll fit in really good there. So I'd probably Daniel, take him. what about you? Oh, where, where are you taking him, Charlie? Probably 15 to 18. That's fair. 
Okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I had him too. I think twelve is high. I think that's yeah, high. And I, I think if yep. you take him there, you're gonna regret that decision later. But yep. I think if you take him as early as like fifteen, sixteen, and then as late as like eighteen, nineteen, you can probably still get your money's worth. Yep, yeah. Um but it's kind of one of those things where it can be more of a question mark as far as new team. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're kind of unsure about this offense because it has a lot of potential, but it's very young. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think it I, could pay off. So hopefully you've got a solid RB1 ahead yeah. of him. And yeah, I think I think maybe we need to, at least me, I think I maybe just take a quick second look at him because last year he was in the same position with Eckler who had the third down work and Melvin Gordon was still able to come in and produce in the second half of the year as just the one and two down guy. That's probably going to be the same situation with the Broncos. And he was still pretty good. Quick question in my keeper league, which y'all are not a part of, I do with some other guys here back home. I have the opportunity to keep Melvin Gordon, I think for either a seventh or an eighth round pick. What do y'all think? I'd do seventh round or eighth round. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I keep, I think it's worth it. I've been weighing it. I'm not sure, but that's yeah. I'd keep it. Could be a bargain. Running back ones are hard to find. Mm -hmm. um, just because a lot of yeah, especially good ones he puts up numbers for you. running back yeah so all right well let's move on we'll go on to the next couple guys um okay so i just put here this is a little bit different tyler lockett versus dk metcalf so right now tyler lockett is going as the 18th wide receiver off the board and metcalf this is crazy this is a big hype train metcalf is going as the wide receiver 12 off the board what do y'all think about that i'm taking tyler lockett ahead of dk Interesting. Why is that? Because I think DK maybe get the red zone targets, but Tyler Lockett, um, I think he'll get the majority because I just think he's a better route runner. Um, mm -hmm. DK is probably the type of guy that's just going to go deep every time, and Tyler's going to probably get a little bit more open with some different types of route like slants and out routes. So I think Tyler will get more receptions and probably a little bit more yards, maybe less mm -hmm. touchdowns, but I think he makes up for it with um, the reception points. What's the highest you would take both of those guys at respectively? So Lockett and then Metcalf. Oh, I that's Lockett hard. is going that's as tough... 18. What'd you say? Lockett is going as the wide receiver 18. Are you comfortable with that? Or is that that's too high, too probably low? probably the highest I would take him. If that's like best available, mm -hmm. and I need a receiver, I may do that. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking a little bit lower than that, like 20 to 25 maybe. I'm looking at Fantasy Pros and they have DK at 15. Wide receiver 15. Yeah, it kind of goes back and forth depending on um, which which analysts you look at. How high would you take Metcalf, Charlie? He's going as the wide receiver um, 12. According to non non-keeper league, I would do probably 15. Because I I don't know. Sophomore slump is a real thing. Um, teams kind of know are going to know how to cover him this year. Mm -hmm. um, so he's going to have to prove himself again. So I'd probably take him like around 15. 17. John, what about you? I, okay, so I'm about the DK above Lockett. Um, I agree. Lockett will probably get the open field plays. Um, he's a good. He's an incredible route runner. I think he gets the open field plays. But I'm all about the touchdown, uh, the the literal touchdown plays from DK. Mm -hmm. I think he gets to the red zone. I think he also goes for the home run plays of the deep routes. He's a monster. He's huge. Yeah. So I think you know how to cover him. But I mean, your corners are small people. They're yeah. He's going to win I, a lot of jump balls. I'm about yeah. I'm about the DK hype. Um, and then Fantasy Pros also lists Lockett as wide receiver 20. So that puts him even farther back. Uh, I They put him behind Allen Robinson. So I'm about DK. I would move him up one more spot. I'd move him to 14. I'd take him above Allen Robinson. Wow. That's a big statement. Allen Robinson is the, <laughs> the bona fide number one. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. Daniel, tell us about your... I'm kind of stuck here. I don't think I'm taking either of them until, like, pick 17, probably. I just don't think with this offense that they're going to get the kind of numbers that you want out of a wide yeah, receiver. I don't love one. Seattle receivers, to be honest. Yeah, I don't love Seattle receivers really ever. I love Russell Wilson, but mm-hmm. as far yeah. as the receiving core, I'm not on it. So I don't think I'd take either of them before pick 17, and I think I would probably go Tyler Lockett first, but I think I would take DK pr- pretty similar to a pick – at around the same time. So, yeah. you know, if you, if you want to go DK first, you can, I think I'd take Tyler and it probably would be somewhere around pick 18. I think that I'd take him at the so earliest, this, probably closer to 20. This will be fun because we're a clean split. I would definitely side with John. I'm taking Metcalf over Tyler Lockett, but here's the deal. Um, well, the Seahawks have has historically, at least ever since Russell Wilson has been there, have only really been able to support one wide receiver. And uh, the re- and Tyler Lockett has only had two relevant fantasy years in his career. The first time was it was a tremendous efficiency rate that he'll never be able to reproduce. And then the next year he was the only guy in town because Doug Baldwin kind of retired. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as soon as Metcalf came to town, he started doing well and he finished as, um, as one of the better rookie wide receivers last year. And so I think if either one of them is successful, it's going to be Metcalf, but I'm just worried that because Metcalf is so young, they're going to be kind of split. And so I don't think either one might be good. I think the highest I would take Tyler Lockett. Now brace yourselves. I think the highest I'd be willing to take Tyler Lockett would be around wide receiver 45. Um, I'm just really low on Tyler Lockett this year. Um, Metcalf, the highest I'd be willing to take him would be wide receiver 28 to 31. So honestly, I don't really want either guy. Um, But if I had to pick one, it would be Metcalf. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's move on. Marquise Brown is currently being drafted from the, from the uh, Baltimore Ravens as the wide receiver 26. Daniel, you start us off. What's the highest you would take Marquise Brown? 26. I don't know. I just, I have feel like he hasn't proven himself yet. And I think there's too many other options to take him at 26. I think that's too early. I think he's probably more like a 30, 31 guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if, yeah, the Ravens offense, I don't think it really supports one receiver over another. I mean, I think just the way that Lamar plays, it's, it's a lot of quick decisions. He's playing out of the pocket, mm-hmm. um, you know, throwing to guys on the run. I just don't think that you're going to see a consistent wide receiver stand out in Baltimore right now. And so I wouldn't take him that early. I would, I would say wait until 30, 31, maybe even you can get him a little bit yeah. later. I think there's other options. Mm-hmm. I think right, consistency I with the Ravens. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with Daniel. Um, I mean, where I'm looking again, they have him listed at 32. And seeing with who they ranked above him, I agree. I, I like that 32 spot. Yeah, I, I would stay away just like Seattle. I would stay further away from Raven receivers. I think they use their tight ends a lot more. Right, um, yeah, they do. They definitely do. So, I'm pretty sure that the tight ends had a 40% uh, yeah. target share out of their offense. Probably. Yep. So I'm probably going to take them around – 200 <laughs> oh my goodness you know, that's i think this is funny because out of all of the people i didn't expect me to be the one that was highest on marquis brown no i would be willing to take him Marquise. i think so he's currently going as about the 26 wide receiver off the board i would be willing to take him as high as about 26 to 27 so i think that his value is pretty fair i think that he uh-huh. has the chance to be poised for a breakout because last year he was injured and so he didn't have that off season to prepare with the team this year, now maybe they don't have an offseason because of the coronavirus, but regardless, it's another year in the system to get to get uh, on the same on the same uh, track as Lamar Jackson, uh, and so I think that Marquise Brown is poised for a potential breakout. And I mean, he even has I think top fifteen overall uh, value. I think that he could end yeah. up being potentially a low end wide receiver one 
if he now, now I don't think that he's going to be like a 90 reception kind of guy. I think that he's probably going to sit somewhere between 60 to 75 tops. Um, but, uh, but I think that, uh, I think that he has a lot of potential to blow up. Um, let's move on. We're going to do Chris Carson. He's going as the running back 13. What do y'all think? Hmm. I mean, Charlie, um, you had him in fantasy, right? He did a yeah, pretty good year I mean, last he year. He did really good. Um, the Seahawks are like the Vikings. They're a run first team, especially when they get near the goal line. They're going to give it to Chris Carson almost every time. Um, but he is coming off injury. It's a hip injury. Um, so that's risky. But I think they say he's fine. He'll be ready for the season. I think they just jump right back in. But Rashad Penny did kind of emerge um, when Chris Carson went down, and then he got injured. But um, I think he'll continue to be the number one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like where he's at. Um, running backs, it's hard to find a true number one running back now, like we said a little bit earlier. So mm-hmm. I like where he is at 13. I may take him a little bit higher, like 10. Um, I think that's the highest I'd take him. Charlie, would you rather have Melvin Gordon or Chris Carson? Uh, I'd rather have Chris Carson. Okay. Okay. Daniel, what about you? Uh, I don't know. I think – what was the, the evaluation again? 13. Taken 13. He's going as the running back 13. I still think that could be – I go back and forth because they run the ball so much. I mean, it could pay off, but mm-hmm. that injury does have a little bit of concern for me. So I think I would probably lean towards being more cautious and go a little bit higher, maybe towards like 15. But I yeah. think, I mean, I wouldn't say that this is, you know, too far off. Chris Carson definitely is a super talented back. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. I think the health concerns are really what, what put things into. John, what about you? Uh, all right. So here I'm taking them higher. Um, I know they're running first team. Wow. Um, I know Penny kind of kind of came out, but I know so you're taking him higher than running back thirteen. You're taking him as a top twelve guy. I am. I'm taking him I'm top taking him as a top twelve guy. I'm taking him at nine or ten. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of love for Chris Garcia. You might need to go make a move in the dynasty league. <laughs> I've got no pieces to move for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really don't. Right, so I'm kind of with so bad. I'm kind of with Daniel on this one. I think 13 is just a little too rich for my blood. I'm worried about the injury, but at the same time, they are a super run first team and Rashad Penny might not, he might not even play the first half of the season. He might start the year on the pup. And then Chris Carson is the only guy there with like a later round rookie. I think a fourth or fifth round rookie running back. Um, I don't even know if he was that highly drafted. Um, But I think that Chris Carson could be poised for another strong year. I was really high on him going into last year. Um, but this year, the only difference is that he doesn't have to worry about Rashad Penny, in my opinion. So this year could potentially be an even sneakier, better than year, better year. I currently have, um, I think I would take, according to the rankings that I have right now, I would probably lean Chris Carson over Melvin Gordon. But I don't know. I think I could easily flip-flop. Um, I think it could go either both. way. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, just grab my turn. Right, honestly, um, I think the real question is Marshawn Lynch, right? He's going to come oh, in and take totally. all the carries. <laughs> Number one running back off the board, I want him over Christian McCaffrey. He's he runs back. like a 7 5 now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mark Ingram. He's currently going as the running back 20. What do y'all think? That's a Charlie, tough don't one you have him they, also? I have him too. We're just doing all my running backs. <laughs> We're just um, doing Charlie's team today. Carson's been stocking my team. I'm looking for a trade here soon. <laughs> Hey, we no, need but a trade done live they on did here. draft that rookie running back from Ohio State. Yeah, so I think JK he's going to get less touches. But I think his specialty, and they even used him last year's goal line. So I do mm-hmm. think he has um, the potential to score a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. But if he doesn't score a touchdown, um, he's not going to get you many points. So it's kind of like 
Um, I, I think that's a little too high for him. Uh, I'd probably take him around 23, 25. I'm about um, in the same boat. Yeah. Um, just because I'm, if he doesn't get those touchdowns, he's only going to get you about maybe eight or nine points. Yeah. He need, really needs those touchdowns to push him over double digits. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm right there with you. I have uh, – so the highest I would take him would be 23 to 26. Um, they drafted J.K. Dobbins to be the future. Mark Ingram is like 27, 28, and he's only got one or two years left on his contract. So I don't think that he resigns with the Ravens. Um, I think Mark I Ingram's older than that. I think he's in his 30s. He, he might be that old, but regardless, he's coming towards the end of his tenure with the Ravens, and I don't think that they're going to have him back. They drafted J.K. Dobbins for a reason. J.K. was – um, He's 30. He, yeah, I mean, that's old for running back. J.K. Mm-hmm. was not really one he, – he was not really in consideration for the best running back, but he's up there. I mean, he is yeah. – he's definitely – even in Dynasty, he's kind of flip-flopping as somewhere between the second to fourth overall running back when it comes to Dynasty right now. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think the highest I would take Mark Ingram would be 23 to 26. Daniel, what about you? I think I'm taking him probably close to like 22, 23. I think he's still going to have a number of touchdowns that are going to keep him relevant. I mean, he did still put up a thousand yards last season, so he still Mm -hmm. can carry the ball pretty effectively. They did bring in Dobbins. So there's obviously that's going to be coming in the future. Mm -hmm. I still think they're going to let him dominate this year for the most part. Um, And yeah, I think the touchdowns are going to keep him in the conversation. So I'd say probably 22, 23, I'd feel pretty comfortable taking him. John, what do you got? Uh, So... I'm kind of split. Um, what I'm looking at puts him farther back than where, where you found him. Um, they actually list him – where'd he go? At 26. But I'm actually going to lean more towards Daniel. Uh, I think he still had a monster year last year. I think mm-hmm. Dobbins will take some touches, but not. I don't think enough to, to hugely cut his numbers. I think yeah, he'll I think take Mark a little bit of a cut. Starter. But I think for this year – I would still take him 22-ish. Okay, yeah. So we're kind of all around the same area. Um, You know, we're not super excited for him, but we do recognize that he still has value. So that's – it's always important to be flexible. So then we'll we'll round out. The last guy I want to talk about is Raheem Mostert. He's currently being drafted as the 27th running back off the board. And I think that this is a tricky one because when he was the guy in San Francisco, I mean, he really proved it. He he had some high yardage numbers and he had – uh, just a ton of fantasy points when he was um, the bona fide guy. And I, I it's kind of feels like people are just worried about it because they know the Kyle Shanahan system, you know, Matt Breida was in there sometimes and then Tevin Coleman had a monster game and then Raheem Mostert, you know, you never knew who the starter was going to be. Mm-hmm. Charlie, what are your feelings on Raheem Mostert? Well, do they still have Jarek McKinnon? Is he coming they back? They do. Yeah. He's going to okay, be there. So, that so it's going to be in Raheem like, Mostert. They signed him to a big contract expecting him to be the number one guy. I think he took a pay cut. Jarek McKinnon okay. definitely took a pay cut. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in the same – like what you just said is what I'm wrestling with just because they do have so many guys, and it's kind of a week-to-week thing. Um, you never really know. But I think he went out and proved himself. Um, I think it's just tough. I, I, I think 27 just, just because of the risk. I kind of like where he's at just because of the risk. You don't know if he's going to play that much that week, who's mm-hmm. going to get the touches on the goal line, who's going to get the majority of the touches. You just, who, They feed the hot hand. So. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tend to stay away from the 49ers. I mean, it's huge risk reward. Um, if you draft him, he yeah. could have just monster season, but definitely it is risky. I really hope so. John, what do you think? <laughs> For my fantasy team's sake, I hope he is a number one running back. Cause I need it. Um, 
honestly, I don't, I don't know. I battled. So we've, we've got our keeper league and I battled with him all last season for when he's going to play and who plays. And I did a really good job of benching him every time he did well. So um, <laughs> I seem to have a talent majority of, of your knowing what he's going to do well um, by leaving him on my bench. So yeah. I don't we'll know. Keep I think that during the season. I kind of – I would take it. Um, I mean, it kind of goes into my whole the, – the taking the DK over Tyler Lockett. Um, when he's good, he's incredible, and he's, uh, he's amazing when he's the hot hand. But just because they've got so many um, and they can't really commit to one, it, it kind of takes that away. But, I mean, I, I would go in. Um, I don't know. I think – so I'm looking at uh, 23 to 27 – um mid kind of in that not as high as mark ingram but i mean kind of in that same range daniel what about you i think the guys doing these rankings are reading my notes um i'd probably yeah do 27 28 that's exactly where i think i've got most i think yeah the committee backfield plays into things he could explode right i mean Mm -hmm. you could get a really good game out of him and then the next game the other guy is going to have a good game so they're going to play him more and so your team's going to suffer that week so yeah i don't think the Mm consistency is going to benefit you i think you know, that flex spot, I mean, he could just blow up that week. So it could be beneficial for your team, but I'm not taking him higher than 27. Yeah. So I said that I would take him as high as 22 to 25. Um, I think that he will probably be the main guy in the offense, but here's the deal. They have a lot of other guys like Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon who are very good pass catchers and they've proven it in the league before. Um, And they can even run between the tackles. And so um, I think that as long as the 49ers are in a game script where they can afford to run the football, um, then I think Raheem Mostert will be good for your team. But I think that there's a pretty good chance that Tevin Coleman um, especially would be able to steal quite a few carries and maybe some receptions, which quite honestly I hope happens because I have him on my dynasty league and I don't know what to do with him. Mm -hmm. So, well, let's, uh, we're going to move on. So we're going to move on to keep trade cut. Um, We're going to get, we're going to do at least two for y'all. Here's the first one. Keep trade cut DJ Moore. Allen Robinson, Juju. So right now, DJ Moore, his ADP overall is the 41st guy off the board total. This is not just exclusive to wide receivers. This includes everybody. So DJ Moore is the 41st off the board. Allen Robinson, the 39th off the board. And Juju, his ADP is 36. What do y'all think? Allen Robinson's on the Bears, correct? Yes. Yes. I'm cutting DJ Moore. Um, I think he has. Oh, that's tough. Uh, I may cut – no, I'm cutting DJ Moore. He, I just don't think the Panthers' offense is that good. They don't score that many points as it is, even with Teddy. Teddy's never been the guy to been known to light up the scoreboard. Um, Allen Robinson with uh, Nick Foles coming in, I think that's better than DJ Moore's situation. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trade him. I think you can get more for that. And I'm going to keep Juju with Big Ben coming back. Big year for him. Um, that's what I'm doing. John, I want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on, on this keep trade cut? I'm keeping Juju. Um, I think big year. I think Great he buy. knows he has to prove himself. Um, he's got Big Ben coming back. I think he can put his numbers back up. Um, I think he, he knows that he's got something to prove. So I th- I'm expecting Monster year out of Juju. I'm keeping DJ um, and cutting Allen Robinson. I don't know. I can't trust Bears receivers. Wait, who are you trading? You said you were going to keep Juju and DJ more. Oh, I meant trading DJ. Sorry. Um, I don't know. Last year, last year he put up a thousand yards. Uh, I don't know. I feel like 
I feel like I trust the Panthers a lot more than I can trust the Bears, mm-hmm. uh, especially just with their passing game. I think I think Teddy will just improve their game a whole lot more. I know that they picked up Robbie, but I don't know. I feel like DJ DJ can get it done. Daniel, what about you? Ah, <laughs> uh, this is tough. I think. I think I would cut Juju, which, man, it's tough to be. This is a tough one for sure. I think I'm going to keep DJ Moore. I think as far as uh, growth potential, I think he's still coming into his, you know, his full abilities. And I think he's got a pretty talented offense. And, you know, there's other weapons around him that will, I think, allow him to thrive without getting the full pressure. Whereas Juju, I don't trust it really the other Pittsburgh receivers. So I think he's going to get too much defensive attention for him to really thrive, even with big mm-hmm. men being back. Uh, and then Allen Robinson is super talented, right? He's just, he's on the bears and he's still putting up crazy numbers. I think I'd like to see a trade him and uh, get him somewhere else where he'd actually be able to do something. So I'm keeping DJ Moore. I'm trading Robinson and I'm cutting Juju. Okay. Yeah, I, man, honestly, I've gone back and forth on every single one of these players. I think every single one of these players are guys that could be, 85 to 100 reception guys throughout the season. Um, I don't know. I, I'm worried about DJ Moore because I think that he is a guy that can have a ton of yards and a ton of receptions. Um, but Teddy Bridgewater is just not a quarterback that excites me for high reception totals. Allen Robinson is a guy that with Blake Bortles went 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns in one year. And so you know that he's got the potential to put up monster numbers and be a beast um, but, you know, we're not 100% sure. We all agree that we think Nick Foles is the better quarterback and should be the starter from week one, but we don't know what Matt Nagy's going to do. He might stick with Trubisky, and if that's the case, then Allen Robinson is not going to get much better than he has been, especially with the emergence of Anthony Miller, the guy that I picked as my sleeper a couple weeks ago. Um, and then there's Juju. You know, um, Deontay Johnson's coming into town, and Juju was the only guy, and he was really good when he had Antonio Brown there. So, if, so maybe the – it's in Juju's favor that Deontay is there. So I'm going to keep Juju. I'm going to trade DJ Moore and I'm going to cut Allen Robinson just because even though I think Allen Robinson has a ton of potential, I just can't trust the Bears offense right now with uh, not knowing who the quarterback is. And Teddy Bridgewater is just not a very sexy option to me. So keep trade cut. Next one, T.Y. Hilton, Cortland Sutton, and Keenan Allen. T.Y. Hilton is currently going as the 54th guy, Cortland Sutton the 55th, and Keenan Allen the 53rd. So back to back to back guys. What do you all think? Daniel, you go first. Man, to be honest, this is a season where I'm not really liking any of these guys, mm-hmm. right? I mean, T.Y. Hilton, I think he got an upgraded quarterback. He got Phillip Rivers now, but I, I just think he's probably going to get injured again. I'm, I'm worried about that. Cortland Sutton is so amazing, and I probably should not have traded him away. But got a rookie – well, not rookie. I mean, a super young quarterback coming in who has proven that he can – play pretty well but I don't know if we're going to get that on a consistent basis and so I don't know and then Keenan Allen is a stud but he's got a new quarterback well unless uh, Tyrod Taylor will probably start but I don't like Tyrod Taylor throwing the ball so I don't know I guess I would keep Cortland Sutton just because he's so young there's still a lot of potential to get better and better mm-hmm. um, you know maybe you trade Keenan Allen just because he's a veteran and people are going to know what they're getting and I think you could get a decent amount for him and then probably cut T.Y. Yeah. So I think I'm a little different than you. I think, I think I'm definitely going to get cut Keenan Allen because I think his reception totals go down and he's a guy that thrives on volume. And I just don't think that he's going to have that. Um, 
and Cortland Sutton. I think that Cortland Sutton could be the next Kenny Galladay. Um, but so I think that Cortland Sutton definitely has the highest ceiling, but I just, I'm still not sure if I trust the Broncos offense yet. Um, we, I feel like I haven't seen enough from Drew Locke, but I'm super excited to see what happens. Um, and so I'm going to trade Cortland Sutton. I'm going to keep T.Y. Hilton. Um, I actually just traded for T.Y. Hilton in our dynasty league. And <laughs> I, I don't know how I felt about it because I had to lose A.J. Green in the process. But, you know, I like Philip Rivers. That happened live on podcast. It sure did. Yeah, yeah it you're going to get him, so he's going to have a monster year. I guarantee <laughs> yeah, you that. I can only That's hope. That's guarantee right there. But T.Y. Hilton and Keenan Allen are relatively similar players. And so T.Y. Hilton is kind of the only guy in town. They drafted Michael Pittman. Um, but usually wide receivers don't do super hot their rookie year until the second half of the season. So I'm expecting big things from T.Y. Hilton this year. I think he could be pretty, uh, pretty good option, pretty uh, consistent option. So I'm going to keep T.Y., trade Cortland, cut Keenan Allen. Charlie, what about you? Um, I'm kind of torn between keeping Cortland and keeping T.Y. But I'm going to – I'm expecting big things from Cortland Sutton this year, so I'm going to keep Cortland Sutton. Um, I'm going to cut Keenan Allen. I just think with the – was Tyrod starting or is the kid from – I think Tyrod will Tyrod, probably start. Tyrod, I think, should kick things off. But okay. I don't really Herbert want Tyrod going Keenan Allen. I don't trust that <clears throat> at all. I feel so bad for Tyrod. Him. And I'll trade T.Y. Um, I think he still has a little bit of value being with Philip yeah. Rivers, even though who knows how much he has. Yeah, I think he's got at least another two to two to four years as being a pretty decent wide receiver. Yeah, so I'm going to trade T.Y. John, close us out on our keep trade cuts. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to start with the cut. I'm cutting uh, Cortland Sutton. I think too many weapons. Hmm. Um, I think he didn't do a lot for me. Um, I think now they're just picking up just tons and tons of receivers. They've got so many weapons now. I think the split will be too big. Um, I just don't think he's going to get his points. I don't think he's going to get his time in. So I think I'm going to cut him. Um, I'm going to trade T.Y. Um, I, I did that. Obviously, we did that live. I don't know. I just think with the injury, um, I think he's going to be number one guy, but he's also aging. I think I don't know. I just don't have a lot of faith in him. I think he's a big home mm-hmm. run play. I think if you get the deep ball, it's huge. But if if you're not getting that, then there's nothing really there. So yeah. I think – I don't know. I don't want to take the risk on him again. I did it last year and it didn't pan yeah. out for me. So I'm trading that and then I'm keeping Keenan Allen. Interesting. You believe in and you believe in Tyrod? I believe in Tyrod. I think I don't know. I, I think he can do it. I, I think, think Tyrod is a good enough. quarterback, but I don't I like know Tyrod. if he is uh, a guy. I don't think he's cream of the crop. I don't think he's top notch, but I think he can get the ball to Keenan Allen and that's what really matters. We'll see. I mean, there's some other options there. Hunter Henry, they just tagged Hunter Henry, so they want, obviously want him involved. There's Mike He's Williams, Keenan Allen. They, I mean, they have a loaded offense. They've got Austin Eckler, a guy who survived on receptions. And so um, – I, I know, don't know, but look we'll at their other happens. receivers. They've I think it's Mike interesting Williams that you're and using, Andre Patton. I think you're using – I don't know. I think that you're just not being fair to Cortland Sutton because I think that Cortland Sutton has less guys to fight off than Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen has to fight off guys that are established in that offense, like Hunter Henry and Mike Williams and Austin Eckler, whereas Cortland Sutton pretty much only has to fight off a second-year tight end who, where statistically tight ends don't really produce until their third year, and then two rookies, K.J. Hamler and Jerry Judy. Now, both of them are super talented guys, but nonetheless, 
the last there's only been like one wide receiver over the last few years that has been relevant their rookie year and it was OBJ. Um, now is Jerry Judy the level of OBJ? Maybe we'll find out. But also you have to worry about can Drew Locke even support uh, Jerry Judy when he's got a bona fide number one in Cortland Sutton. So I yeah, think it I could know. be interesting. I think they run more with Melvin than they uh, than they do with Eckler. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see for sure. So now we're going to move on to potential sleepers. Does anybody want to kick us off? I will. Oh, or if someone else wants to go. No, Charlie, you start us off. This. this week we are doing running backs. Tell us about your guy. I see who you have right here on our show doc, and I'm super mm-hmm. interested to hear what you have to say because he's a guy I'm looking at in our Dynasty rookie draft. Yeah. Mm. So if you're like me, you'll probably never have heard of this guy before. His name is Cam Akers. Florida State. Um, and so since they released Todd Gurley, um, the running the Rams really don't have a true number one guy. They still have Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson um, at the ready, but uh, they did address Cam Akers in the second round, suggesting that he has some serious sleeper potential this year. They're looking to utilize him. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if it remains um, a committee approach, Akers um, could easily make his case for the lion's share of the touches, um, especially if you're in a keeper league. Um, um, he's a no-brainer to pick um, just because he is going to be the future of the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's my little two cents on Cam Akers. So I guess I have a little, a, a couple points, one, one good and one that's kind of questionable for me. I'll start with the mm-hmm. questionable one is the Rams – last year they kind of just showed that they weren't really willing to commit to mm-hmm. one running back. And so that's what worries me. Uh, maybe that was because of Todd Gurley's knee, knee issues because in the past they were able to show like, yeah, we're just going to give everything to Todd Gurley. Yeah. And he was the number one running back far away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then another great thing about Cam Akers is that Florida state had one of the worst offensive lines in college football. And yeah. he was still able to be one of the top running backs in the country. And so moving into you know, a professional offensive line. I can I can only imagine, you know, what kind of production he may have. We'll see. Yeah. We'll have to see if it translates. But he's one of the guys that I'm super excited about um, coming probably in the first round, probably in the first seven or eight picks of, of Dynasty. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I'll be very interested to see how he does. Daniel, how about you go next? Dude, I am doing David Johnson. I love to hear it. I know, right? Elite. I mean, so listen, I mean, everybody knows, obviously, with David Johnson, the concerns, right? He is aging, he is getting injured, and he just managed to lose the starting job when he was getting paid so much money mm-hmm. to Kenyon still Drake. Is. He still is getting paid so much money. So obviously, there's a lot of concerns going into this year, but the Houston Texans have no weapons. Mm-hmm. And so David Johnson, Correct. I think, is going to be their, like, basically entire offense with Deshaun Watson. Like, he's going Correct. to be running the ball. He's going to be their best receiving option. Correct. I think Throwing he could just have ball, a stellar year, and he's going to be drafted so, so low. So I think he's a steal at the picks that you can get him at. I think right now, like, most people have him as, like, a, a ninth round. Like, it's, it's crazy low. So you can get him for a, just a bargain. And I think he's going to way outperform expectations provided that he stays healthy. So that's kind of the key thing there. It's, it's definitely a big risk. It is a huge risk, but I think it has huge payoff. So high risk, high reward. I'm in it. I'm about it. So I've got an interesting stat that I want y'all to hear. Um, is as long as David Johnson stays relatively healthy, healthy enough to play, 16 games in the NFL, 
Let me, let me tell you what his floor can be. 245 attempts for about 1,100 yards and six touchdowns. Do you know where I got that floor from? Carlos Hyde was a 1,000-yard rusher with the Houston Texans. If David Johnston is healthy, he is much better than Carlos Hyde. So I think that Daniel is on to something sure. here. David Johnson could be a mega sleeper. He could still end up finishing as a top 12 running back. I'm worried about his health, but if he's healthy, he is going to be a monster. He may not have the same reception totals, but he could have a ton of yards, and it's clear that he's going to have, you know, 250 rushing attempts. So uh, David Johnson could be the real deal. John, do you want to go next? Sure. Um, I'm actually going with Ronald Jones. Um, Mm -hmm. So, again, this is – I think it's a sneaky good pick. I think – so, for the sake of my fantasy team, I really want him to be good. Um. I think last year he struggled with their splitting the ball between the team. Um, this year, I mean, so they've just got Keyshawn Vaughn. So I think he's got something to prove. I know he's out working on his catching ability. They've come out and said he's going to be the number one man. So I think he's going to come out better than ever. He's fast. He's good. I think their passing game is going to be incredible. So that actually opens it up more for him than anything last year. So I think, I'm riding the Ronald Jones. Um, I think since they've declared him as number one, they declared him as number one running back several times last year, and that didn't mean Jack. So I really hope it means something this year, and I think if it does, he will show flashes of greatness, and I think he will be a really good sleeper. Do you think that Ronald Jones is a guy that you would be willing to flex more often than not? Would you flex Ronald Jones, do you think, more than eight or nine times in your season? Yes. I think that's fair. So I I think, I think that that's an interesting argument. A lot of people are are dying off on Ronald Jones just because um, they drafted a new shiny running back in Keyshawn Vaughn and Bruce Arians loves his three down running backs, but I don't know. I mean, I think Ronald Jones could be the guy. Um, We'll see what happens because Keyshawn Vaughn, if I remember correctly, kind of profiles as a smaller third down running back. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we'll see what happens. He's small and fast, but I don't know. I think Ronald Jones, um, I think he actually benefits from a better passing game. Um, as weird mm-hmm. as it sounds, I think it actually helps him out. I know – so something he kind of struggled with was catching, um, and I've been reading kind of the updates um, that he is actually working on that as well. So I think he'll be able to play a lot more just so that they won't have to put in someone else to play the catching game. And, and Peyton Barber isn't there, so he doesn't really have yeah, to worry about that either. he's not splitting except for a rookie. So especially right out the gate, he's going to be getting all the touches. He's going to be yeah. playing a whole lot more. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with them. I'll close this out on sleepers. Um, I went I, – I, I, I felt like I was struggling to find a really good sleeper, but I ended up going with, with, uh, with Chase Edmonds. Okay, now hear me out. He is the number two running back for the Arizona Cardinals behind Kenyon Drake. But this is what I got for you. In Kenyon Drake's three-and-a-half-year career with – a lot of this is going to be Kenyon Drake-focused, which is kind of funny, but stick with me. Kenyon Drake, in three-and-a-half years with Miami – had 225 rushing attempts. That averages out to 64 attempts a year. Now, in Kenyon Drake's half season with the Arizona Cardinals, if you stat him out over the full year, he would have had 246 attempts. That is 21 more attempts in one year than three and a half years with the Miami Dolphins. What I'm trying to say is that Kenyon Drake has never had this kind of workload before. And what I'm leading to is can his body sustain it? We saw the same thing with Lamar Miller when he came out of Miami. He was a highly efficient running back coming out of Miami. And then he went to the Texans and his efficiency dropped because 
you know, he, he, he just had so much work on his legs. Um, Arizona had 396 rushing attempts last year. Okay. Now if you average out what Kenyon Drake would be rushing out, rushing over the entire career, Kenyon Drake is going to get about 15 carries a game. Um, if they keep the same pace that they had him on last year, that allows. So, so basically what that means is 396 rushing attempts divided over 16 games is 25 rushing attempts per game. I think that that's on the lower end because they had to pass the ball a lot to stay in. But now with a better offense, they might be able to control tempo a little, bit, a little bit better. And so you can probably expect some more rushing attempts. But let's just stick to the low end just to be conservative. That means 25 attempts per game. And if Kenyon Drake is only taking 15, that allows 10 more rushing attempts per game. And I think that Chase Edmonds is a good bet to get the majority of those extra 10. Uh, he had one game as the starter last year where he ran for like um, 27 attempts for 126 yards and three touchdowns, including two catches for 25 yards in the air. When he was given the chance, I mean, he was prolific. He was fantastic. He finished as, I think, a top five running back because of the three touchdowns and 126 yards on the ground is nothing to shake a stick at. Um, so I'm just, I'm just worried. And even if Kenyon Drake can handle it, I think that Chase Edmonds will still have value, at least to be flexed. He's not a guy that you're going to plug in in your starting, starting role probably anytime soon. But also one thing you need to keep, keep in mind, and, and this is not a game that you really want to play when you're drafting a running back, but on the off chance, and in my opinion, kind of likely chance that Kenyon Drake goes down with an injury, Chase Edmonds has that entire backfield to himself, and Cliff Kingsbury is a very offensive-minded guy. And, and just like he did in that one game, 27 rushing attempts, I think that Chase Edmonds is a bargain. I mean, he's going to have know. value throughout the year. David Johnson is gone. will absorb a lot of his carries. And my projected stats for Chase Edmonds is going to be around 150 carries for 750 yards, around six touchdowns, 30 receptions for right under 300 yards and two touchdowns in the air. That would, that would catapult him from 83 yards and, or excuse me, 83 points in 2019 to around 150 to 160 points in 2020. That's a guy that you can start um, in your flex position on a pretty consistent basis. How often do you flex him? That's a good question. Um, I think it would be entirely matchup dependent. So it's going to be a game where I feel like the Cardinals are going to be able to run more often than not. Um, And so I think you could definitely get at least five to seven flexes out of him him on the year. And that's not even including the, in my opinion, high probability that Kenyon Drake misses a game or two. All right. But also, so if he put up those numbers and I know he did, why didn't, why don't they just make him number one? That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, To be honest, I think it's because when you trade that much capital for a running back, you're, you got to play him. Um, they, they invested a lot in Kenyon Drake. And to be honest, Kenyon Drake fits the mold a little bit better than Chase Edmonds. Kenyon Drake is, is he's a little bit shiftier. He's smaller and he's a great pass catcher. Chase Edmonds doesn't necessarily profile out as that. He's a little bit more of, he's, he's, he's a little bit more similar to like David Johnson, where he's, he's better on the ground than he is in the air. Um, and so Kenyon Drake is pretty, is pretty balanced in that. And he fits their offensive scheme a little bit better. And so that's why I think Kenyon Drake, um, kind of won the starting job, but I, I don't think that Chase Edmonds is, I, I think that Chase Edmonds would take advantage of the starting were they job. Playing he had the when he had a monster game? What it, was it just a one hit wonder? Were they playing some chump team? Were they, were they actually so playing? Someone that good? was when everybody was injured and he was given that starting role. Um, I'm going to look him up right now. Um, but I mean, because it could have been a one playing, hit wonder. 
well, that was also the only game where they, where they gave him the shot. And so, um, you know, anybody that you give 20, it was against the giants. And so uh, the giants were, let me see here. I don't think if I remember correctly, they were definitely towards the bottom of the league in defense, but still nonetheless, a guy that last year who, who the most attempts he had outside of that, that game was eight giving a guy 27 rushing attempts, averaging almost five yards a carry and three touchdowns. That's pretty impressive regardless who you play in my opinion. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I don't know if I'm sold yet. I think Chase Edmonds is probably like the most valuable handcuff in the league, but yeah. I just don't know that I'd flex him yet. It's tough to uh, tell because when he does play, though, he is explosive, and I, mm-hmm. I think he has tremendous a, a potential. But I, I don't know. Well, I guess you're we'll also see. betting that Kenyon gets hurt too. So I don't. Right at don't that know. point. I, so so the, so he had three games last year that were that were definitely I mean worthy of being in your actually starting role. Um, and that was with David Johnson and Kenyon Drake on the team. And so, um, well, ac- actually, according to this, it was with David Johnson on the team and not Kenyon Drake hadn't gotten there yet. But that just goes to show that even the number two in their system has has the opportunity to be productive. And now he doesn't even have to worry about David Johnson. So I'm not saying that he's going to be a flex or that he's a guy that you need to spend a lot of draft capital on. But if you're just kind of throwing a dart at one of your last picks, he might be worth it. You know, so just consider that. Um, if you're looking for some running back depth. So now we're going to move on. Um, we're going to wrap it up with a, n- another fun draft. This one, we're going to go away from sports. We've done a lot of sports recently in our draft. Um, but this time we are going to do a superhero and supervillain battle royale. So what this is going to look like is you've got a roster of four people, three superheroes and one villain. And we got to pick our order. So who was who was first last week? I think it was was it Daniel? I think it might have been wasn't it me? Was, I think it was John. I think it was John. So it can't be John to be the first overall pick. And Thatch isn't here. So the first overall pick is Charlie. Oh. Charlie's gonna be number one. Number two is going to be John. Let's go, number baby. Three. I don't think I've been top two yet. Number three is going to be Daniel, and I'm going to be the fourth pick at the swing. We're going to do we're going to do four rounds. Charlie, you're on the clock. Who do you got? Well, I'm not really a big superhero fan, um, but I'll just choose the ones I know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll choose my villain first. I'm taking Thanos with all of his Infinity Stones. <sighs> We've gone over this. <laughs> You can't have all Infinity Stones. That's just crazy. I well, say, I okay, I will Thanks be for kind tuning into the and podcast. I will say, instead uh, of just right one, <laughs> you can have two Infinity Stones. Is that fair? I think that's fair. You can have two Infinity Fine. Stones. Then your superhero can only do half of his power. Oh my goodness. The Infinity <laughs> Stones are not that's his That's part ability. of his power. <laughs> no, it's not. That's what makes Thanos it's Thanos. The, there are so many different people that wield the Infinity Gauntlet. Deadpool has the Infinity Gauntlet at some point. That's not a oh. fair argument. You can have two Infinity Stones, and I think that's being generous. Thanos by himself was strong enough to decimate Xandar. He gets 3.5 of them. No, he gets two. Half of an Infinity Stone. Daniel, John, back me up. Two Infinity Stones is fair. That's probably more than fair. Thanos is pretty OP. And he gets to choose, so he can like switch him in and out as he chooses. No, that's not. You you choose right now. You said two. Only two at a time. Right now. No, he gets to, I get to choose when I come across a situation. That is not how this works. 
pick two right now. So somebody back me up. I don't know too. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll. There's. I think what. Oh, no, I don't there's, want you. The power you stone, you stop talking. I don't there's want power you're... stone. There's the time stone. There's reality. There's soul. And okay, I'll do reality. Is... I'll do reality. That one's op, dude. That yeah. one's so op. And there's the space stone also. And the mind stone. So there's six, I think. Okay. I'll... Yeah, there's six. I'll do. Ooh, John, which one did you do? No, to do power stone. Do it. Uh, so TBH, I'd probably do reality, and I think I'd do time as my second. Yeah. For being honest. Okay, I'll do those two. Those mash well together. All right, John, who's going to be your your first pick? Uh, I'm actually going to go with villain also, and I'm going to go with Galactus, the eater of worlds. Hungry guy. Very hungry guy. Daniel, what do you got for us? And everybody's going villains now. I feel like I need to change my pick. Do it. There's some cool villains. I mean, as far as like power, I mean, Thanos is obviously like the best, and Galactus is pretty high up there. He's pretty. Uh, is Deadpool a superhero? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it depends. He's like an anti-hero. Yeah. He's a superhero. Just he's a hero. Like Doctor Doom. Honestly, it kind of sucks that the Fantastic Four movies have all sucked because like he's such a cool villain and they just have not really gotten him right. Mm -hmm. I mean they haven't really got any parts of those movies right. So Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. That's a good choice. Garson. Yeah, so this is this is interesting because I'm already tilting. Um, but <laughs> I swear you tilt every draft. I, yeah, I just I don't know what to think. Okay, so a little inside inside track. A couple summers ago, uh, when I was in Abilene for one of my internships, me and some guys who were there, we did like a something similar to this, but we drafted like a bigger roster or whatever, and then we ended up arguing over it and then like putting them into a website or whatever and like challenging them against each other. And it ended up being like that the Silver Surfer was the strongest out of all of them. And so I'm just going to take the Silver Surfer with my first pick. Mm. Fantastic Four, dude. I don't even yeah, know man. what that is. They had good villains. He's in the He's actually Galactus' Herald. He goes in front of him and tells worlds that they're about to get eaten. And then he destroyed Galactus. So keep that in mind, everybody. Um, and so for it's the not next pick, <laughs> you didn't watch the movie then. Um, this is a tough one. I feel like so since we're only doing one villain, I can put off villain until my very last pick. So I'm not going to waste my pick and go villain here. Villain will probably be my last pick. So I also have time to research another villains. Um, so then I guess my second pick, gosh, I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Sentry. So a lot of people may not know who Sentry is, but he is basically Marvel's take on Superman, except he's supposed to be like stronger than Superman because he has like the power of like a million exploding suns. But and... he only gets like half a million suns. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you only this. got two of the six, yeah, so, so it's even less than that. <laughs> you get 30. Oh my goodness. Of the right. Right. If we're Daniel, being fair. Who's your freaking second favorite? <laughs> Back to me. Well, now it's time to go some heroes. Honestly, I mean, you got, I think you have to go Wolverine. Like, right? He's, he's just so cool. Right, the sideburns, the muscles, the regeneration—like that was kind of one of my sleeper picks because technically you can't really kill him, so he ends up right? being yeah. the winner. I mean, he's kind of—you can't really do anything. Like you just have to let him die somehow. 
All right, John, who's going to be your second pick? Uh, I'm going with Thor. He is a literal Damn it, god. Damn it, John. He, he's a literal god. So. Oh, you know, I should have gone with Thor. Him and I was going to do Thor, dude. Kill him with Oh, beauty. that would be a sick matchup. Right? Did. I didn't They're even think about that. Other. That actually would have been the best fight to watch. There's some other guys that play with lightning. I'm bringing you can draft I'm pick Deadpool. You always you got to have a guy to crack some jokes when everyone's trying to be serious, saving the world. Yeah, you need your comedic relief. You need your Mercutio. Um, yep. I would love to see Deadpool do anything to Thanos. <laughs> like, <laughs> an interaction with them too would be hilarious. I'm going to pick well, – Thanos like has us covered, so I don't really need really good super – I'm going to pick Groot because he's so cute. <laughs> I don't <laughs> really need to do this. <laughs> All right, John. I already won. So. <laughs> uh, I think my second one's going to be Superman. He's, he's always he's always an OP superhero. Like That's there's fair. literally. It's All right, Daniel. Who you got? Dude, I think you had it right. I think we're kind of going with like an X Men Fantastic Four mashup, and I think mm-hmm. Storm. Yeah. Really, you're going to awesome take Storm, thing, dude? Yeah. Mixing that electricity. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a cool mashup. I think, you know, we got to get some gender diversity in there. I think nobody else is going to pick a girl, so you guys don't care about women, but I do. So. Well, Daniel's the feminist. Hot take. All right, so I've already got Silver <laughs> Surfer. Daniel's the feminist. <laughs> I've got Silver Surfer and Sentry, and I am going to close out my team right here on the turn. So I've got two picks. Correct. This is a tough one. So I was looking at guys like um, – like uh, like Martian Manhunter and Shazam, but I looked at Shazam and I was like, Shazam, okay, I've already got somebody that's like freaking Superman. But then I was like, the other good thing about Shazam is that he's got a ton of magic. So why don't I just go all the way with the freaking best wizard and just go Doctor Strange? So I'm gonna take Doctor Strange. And now is the point when I tilt and I stall while I Google best villains. And I think I have the one who I want to take, but I'm going to stall pretty much for as long as I can. Um, And I'm not really getting a good Google search because I'm in all caps and I'm distracted. So instead of wasting everybody's time, I'm going to take Apocalypse. So Apocalypse. Still a solid pick. Is a beast. Um, I think that's the best way to put it. He is basically like magneto meets i mean he's basically a telepath in all in all forms he he can literally move anything with his mind he's super strong and uh and he's kind of a ba so good luck with that one uh daniel close us out who's your last pick this is tough this is tough you know i think every group of heroes needs their billionaire right so i'm gonna go with iron man (laughs) not batman no, I, I like Iron Man. He's got cooler little tools, you know. I mean, yeah, his his, his suit's better, honestly. He's I think I he agree. did more with his money than Batman. I think Batman had uh, more advisors with his Hot investments take. as far as Batman, creating his Batman's suit. Batman's not that good, right? All right, John, who's going to be your fourth pick? All right, so I'm going to kind of follow Charlie's thinking here. I'm going to go with Vision because he's got an Infinity Stone in his noggin. So, yeah, which I, the, and that's the, the mind, mind stone. stone. Right? So, since mm-hmm. Charlie left that one up for grabs, I I'm going to grab right. it with vision. <laughs> I respect it. All right, Charlie, who is going to be your last pick? I think you're already well, losing. Since but Groot is so try. teeny tiny, I want him to feel included. So, I'm going to choose Ant Man so that way he can have someone his own size. Well, I think you're going to get all of our girl listener votes <laughs> with the cuteness factor. So, 
Paul Rudd is a beautiful human being. He is. He's so beautiful. He's so funny. But will he's he be hilarious. enough to keep Charlie relevant in this draft? I think this is going to be a runaway. And by runaway, I mean Charlie is going to lose with flying colors. But we'll see. We'll see. Have Thanos. I already won with thirty-three percent of his power. Yeah, well, Carson's guy has 33% of his powers. So do you. You know what? That's still like 33 million exploding suns. So I'll take it. Yeah, well, I can just use mind control and make you kill yourself. You don't so have mind. Whatever. I have mind. That's oh, true. well, I have time. Mind. So if you kill me, I'll just rewind time over and over <laughs> we, and over. You kill me. Right before I die, I'll, ta- I'll pause it because I can control reality and I'll rewind it. Hey, didn't you it. watch Doctor Strange? Like... And then I'll just not show up to wherever you are. You All right, everybody, we need your involvement on Twitter. We need to figure out whose team is the best. Go vote. I'm going to do my best to have the poll up as oh soon as possible. Gosh. Go in, say who is stupid, and then who has the best team. Just talk about these scenarios. Talk about who wins in this battle royale. But just to Please run take this back, incredibly seriously. Uh, you need to take this more seriously than us, and that's going to be impossible because this is 100% real. I mean, am I right, Charlie, or am I right? I mean, I've never been more serious in my entire life. That's what I've thought. Exactly. I can see it in your <laughs> eyes right now. I can literally see your belly button. It. And when I see your belly button, I know that we're I got to choose next week draft. Something I'm more a little bit, I know a little bit more of. <laughs> I mean, I freaking chose Ant-Man. <laughs> Good luck right, killing well, just me. Just to run the teams back, tiny. Charlie has Thanos with the reality and Time Stone, Deadpool, Groot, and Ant-Man. John has Galactus, Thor, Superman, and Vision with the Mind Stone in his noggin. Daniel has Doctor Doom, Wolverine, Storm, and Iron Man, and I and rounded us out with Silver Surfer, Sentry, Doctor Strange, and Apocalypse. That's going to be it. I think this was a good show. It was a fun show. I had a lot of I had a lot of fun. I'm going to run away with this draft because obviously I'm the best drafter out of all of us. But uh, once again, thanks for joining us this week on the Bench Warmers and Waterboys podcast. Make sure to check us out on social media at Be Waterboys on Twitter or Instagram, where you can stay up to date. Never miss a show. While you're at it, if you enjoyed the show, we'd appreciate it a retweet. Maybe uh, share us on Instagram, share with a friend, rate us on iTunes, listen to us, download us, share with your friends. Um, we'd love that. We hope y'all are having just as much fun as we are hopefully more. And that's going to be hard to do because as always, we're having a good time making fun of each other. So once again, thanks for joining us this week on the Bench Warmers and Water Boys podcast. Peace. Peace. Stay up. Peace.